Hi guys, welcome back to my broadcast. Today is episode 30, and today um, my broadcast is called Keep on Spreading the Word, the Love, the Face. Uh, today we are going to be listening to a worship song, and the song is called Better Than Sunshine by Dave Crowther. This is um, a very interesting, important song, um, something, a great song to worship to, and, uh, today we're going to be reading Exodus chapter 11 and chapter 12, and what I like about this is we're getting to the last plague of Egypt, so this is going to be very interesting and, um, to see what happens, right, through all those plagues of Egypt, and now we're getting to the last one. So today, um, as it's a beautiful sunshine weather here in California, but, uh, we're going to be reading the Exodus and listening to the last plague of Egypt, the plague that let Pharaoh finally say enough is enough, take the people out of, take the Israelites out of Egypt, go worship your God, right? And so it's, it's going to be very important to listen, to understand, and to this this to learn what's new and what's interesting about this. So, um, hi you guys, thanks for watching. So today, um, let's uh, get into a worship song and then um, we'll pray. And then afterwards I'm praying, uh, we'll read Exodus chapter 11 and 12. And then if I find something interesting or stands out to me the most, that's what we're gonna, that's what we're gonna do. Um, so here we go. This is, uh, the song is called David Crowder, Better Than Sunshine. And here we go. Stay with me. 
Amen, you guys. His love is forever, which is so awesome to understand. So let's uh, let's see if I can find the lyrics real quick to break this down real quick. Okay, so uh, um, my savior is better. Uh, okay, let's see. It's back more. So, let's see. Okay, so, here it is. Here's what I want to review before we go on to reading Exodus chapter 11 and chapter 12. It says, so I know, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Ain't there a person on earth that could change it? But there is someone, there is something from earth that is something divine. So what I like about this is, is when you become a born again believer, and when he's asking, um, right here in this in the song, is um, being a born again and understanding what that is, right? That's accepting Jesus Christ in your heart, right? And asking him to come in because when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, something changes inside of you, and. When it says here that it's kind of, uh, you got troubles in your eyes. It's kind of easy to see it. Hard for a couple rough years when nothing went right. And what I like about this so much is that we all go through difficulty, difficulty, we all go through struggle. And what I love about this so much is that when you have Jesus Christ, and when you believe in Him, and when you have the Holy Spirit, something's beautiful about that, right? Because you're not alone. You're not alone struggling in your own situation, because Jesus Christ lives inside your heart. That's the beauty of it. That's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? Is that Jesus Christ comes live in the heart now. We are the living church. And that's the beauty of it, right? The beauty of it where we could walk with Jesus Christ and have the Holy Spirit living in us. And having that Holy Spirit as our, as our guide, not making our own choices, asking for prayer, asking for guidance, and asking for Him to help us in, in all situations. And that's the beauty of knowing him as our Heavenly Father, right? Knowing that he's not only, knowing that he's not only on, he's not only in, in heaven, right? But he's giving us something that loves and that's so nurturing to us that we understand as, as Christians, right? So in the song here, it says, it's better than sunshine. It's better than sunshine with blue skies. The best day of your whole entire life is being born for the second time. And what he's talking about that is being born again for the second time, right? And that's accepting Jesus Christ in your, in your heart. Because it's better than sunshine and blue skies. Everyone could go around the world and say, man, it's such a beautiful summer day. Because you could look, out, you could look how beautiful the blue is, right? And how beautiful the sunshine is, right? And go, man, it's, it's gorgeous. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it's so much more better than that because your eyes open not only to what sin is in the world, but you see blessings that come in your life 
that aren't just gifted. They're not just given to you. They're blessings from the Lord and blessings from His love. From accepting Him into your heart, accepting Him into your life, allowing Jesus Christ to change your heart. And allowing not only that change to happen, but reading your Bible, spending time with Him, growing a relationship with Him. See, it's not about where you go to church. It's not about um, how many good deeds you do or reading the Bible or how many times you you remember Bible verses, right? All that's good, but the most important thing is building up your relationship with them, building up your trust, building up that faith relationship with them. That's what Jesus wants. He wants not only us to be having an awesome faith, but he wants us to be willing, drawing close to him daily. Because let me tell you something, Satan is going to be here every day fighting for us and saying, listen, you don't need, you know, you don't need Jesus. All you need is, you know, a beautiful summer sky. But let me tell you, when you have Jesus in your heart and Jesus changes the way you think and the way you, your mind is, there's something gorgeous about that, that it's so beautiful to know that Satan can't destroy you because the Holy Spirit is here. And that's the beauty of it, right? Is that Satan can't enter your heart. He can't, he can't damage you because Jesus is real. He's alive. And being born again is something so beautiful to understand that if you're not a born again Christian and you don't know that feeling, you don't know what it feels like. You, you haven't accepted the whole heart of what Jesus Christ is. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of people who go to church and who do good deeds. And they're still burning in the lake of fire. Still going to go to hell. Because Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. And it's sad to say that. But it's the truth. And that there's a lot of people that think you have to have good deeds. And you have to go to church every Sunday or Saturday. Or you have to do all these good works to to be born again. Let me tell you, the thief on the cross was dying with Jesus. And Jesus said, I will see you in the land of paradise. Why? Because he had faith. It's not where you go. It's having faith in the Lord and allowing Jesus Christ to change your heart. See, that thief on the cross, I know for 100% sure that not only is he in heaven, I'm going to be able to meet that guy one day. Even after 2,000 years later, when Jesus comes for the second coming of Christ, coming to get us, that's going to be an awesome statement to be able to hug, not only to be able to hug Jesus Christ, which is something that we've all been waiting for, but also to meet that thief on the cross and to be like, hey, because of your faith and because of you dying on that, dying, right? And you were a sinner. And on the your last days of a breath of life, you, to, you, told, you told Jesus is innocent. Why is he on the cross? We deserve our punishment. We deserve to be hanged. But Jesus didn't deserve to be hanged. But Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The only person who died on the cross for all sins.
Dylan Cousin, why it made such an impact in the world, why it was BC and AC. Before Christ is the Old Testament, and after Christ is what we're living now. And it's something beautiful to know that the, the thief on the cross died, but he the reason why he died is because his sins, right? His sins caused him to go there. Jesus' sins didn't cause him to go there because Jesus never sinned. Because he was fully God and fully man. He died for a sacrifice for us. To get to know us. To get to know the beauty and love that Jesus Christ has for us. Is dying on that cross. And being risen again after three days. And giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we can still feel his love. And we can still feel his heart. And we can still feel his emotions. And he can still talk to us. Through the Holy Spirit. It's something beautiful and awesome to realize. Of how powerful the Holy Spirit really is. And that's what's beautiful about it. But it's, ask, it's asking being born again. And accepting Jesus Christ in your life. It's so strong. And so, uh, after he says, it's being born again for the second time. And then, let's see. It says, it's freedom, it is healing. Sweeter than you'll ever find. And it's better than sunshine. It's better than sunshine. Okay, this is something so awesome and so beautiful. Because freedom, we know, if you're a born-again believer, um... You have ultimate freedom when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart. No one could take that away from you. And then healing, you can start seeing healing in your life through the love of Jesus Christ, through what He, through what He blesses you, right? And then sweeter than anything you find. And everybody on this earth could go out and see the sun. And oh man, what a how beautiful is the sun, how gorgeous is the sun that it lights, right? And it's not far enough, it's not close enough to where it burns us. It's just where the Lord puts it at. Perfect for us to really have life on earth, for it to not burn us up, and perfectly to, to give sunshine throughout the whole entire world. Right? And it says sweeter Sweeter than you'll ever find, better than sunshine. And that's the beauty of what Jesus Christ could do in your life because it's better than sunshine. And it's so much more better because we have somebody to rely on. We have somebody to cry out to who listens. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you have the Holy Spirit, you can rely on that love because you're not just alone anymore. You're part of this family that is going to be forever eternally loving and forever eternally want you to be part of part of that society. See, it's easy to go love a brother and sister in Christ. But it's harder to go love your enemies that always put you down on time. And that's what Jesus Christ has us has is trying to have us do in, in Christians, right? Is put our heart first. Put our love and devoted to Him first. 
And the number one thing that Satan is always going to distract every born again believer is reading a Bible. He's going to distract everything in our past to not grow, have us grow closer to the Lord. And that's exactly what I'm trying to teach here. Is that it's not where you go to church. It's not how often you read, how, how many scriptures you know in the Bible. Um, how awesome you preach. It's, it's nothing about that. It's about having a personal relationship with him. Doing good deeds. It's all great. All that is great. But the most important thing is knowing that Jesus Christ lives in your heart. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. It's something so, so deeper and so much better than sunshine. Because he'll guide you throughout your whole entire life. And the blessings you get to see with your eyes being open is something you only know that God only put down your life. So I pray that that helps you guys today. Um, let's pray and then let's read Exodus chapter 11 and chapter 12. So, dear Lord, hey, Father, I pray that we have a good day and a blessed day today. I pray that whoever's listening to this broadcast or whoever sees this video later, Lord, that they realize that it's not just good deeds, it's not just good works, it's not just going to church once a week, um, it's not just reading your Bible and 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 and. and and just say, I read the Bible, Lord. It's about a personal relationship with you. It's about accepting you in your heart, Lord. And knowing that your heart is the ultimate guide. Knowing that you could change us from the inside and out. And we could have freedom and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other freedom and healing like, like it. Because you created that love for us, Lord. And you created that sparking light of sunshine that is so much more better because the sunshine can only bright only bright all day so much. But with your love is so much more deeper than sunshine. Because you guide us where you want us to go. We we have someone who you cry out to who listens to us and you, and we can feel your love and your kindness through the Holy Spirit, through the love of Jesus Christ. So I pray that if anybody's here who wants to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, it's just simply just ask him into your heart. So just simply say this prayer. Just say, Dear Lord, hey, Father, I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. I want to change the way of my mind, the way of how I think, the way of my heart. I want you to come in and change it. I want um, you to just... Move in me, Lord, and move in that holy way and accepting you as your Lord and Savior. And all you have to say is amen, and he'll come into your life. And after that, he'll change it forever. You'll see the beautiful blessings that only God could do in somebody's life. No one else does it besides the love and beauty that you have inside of us, Lord. So I pray that we have a good day. A blessed day. I pray that whatever I read in chapter 11 and chapter 12 in Exodus, you allow me to share what you want me to share. You allow me to preach whatever you want me to preach, Lord. So I pray that we have a good day and a blessed day. And Jesus, I pray. Amen. So here we go. This is Exodus chapter 
11. Chapter 11. Now the Lord had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. And when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people that men and women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses said, This is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, to the firstborn son of the slave girl, who is at her hand now, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. Among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any man or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, Go you and all the people who follow you. After that, I believe. Then Moses, hot with anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. Chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread <coughs> made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, 
but roast it over the fire. Head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days, you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it, from the first day through the seventh, must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly, and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on these days, except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In the first month, you are to eat bread made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses, and whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is an alien or native-born. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised observe this ceremony and when your children ask you 
What does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, oh. Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go. And also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. Many other people went up with them, as well as large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. With the dough they had brought from Egypt, they baked cakes of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. Because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt, on this night all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, These are the regulations for the Passover. No foreigner is to eat of it. Any slave you have bought may eat of it after you have circumcised him. But a temporary resident and a hired worker may not eat of it. It must be eaten inside one house. Take none of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of the bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. An alien living among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must have all the males in his household circumcised. Then he may take part like one born in the land. No uncircumcised male may eat of it. 
The same law applies to the native-born and to the alien living among you. All the Israelites did just what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. Okay, guys. So, this is Exodus chapter 11 and chapter 12. And chapter 11, which is what's really awesome and what's really cool about this, is right the Lord tells Moses and Aaron right that I am gonna bring this one last plague onto Pharaoh and I will come about around midnight and this is what's very interesting right this is what the Lord says to Moses verse 5 every firstborn son in Egypt will die from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son to the slave girl who is at her hand mill and all the firstborn of cows as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt than uh, worse than ever before or will never be again but among the Israelites not a dog will bark at man or animal they then will be known then you will be known for the Lord making a this uh, this separation between Egypt and Israel so this is what I love about it so much Right, this is verse 5 all the way to verse 7. Right, so Moses, so Moses and the Lord are talking, and Aaron, or a hair, right, and they hear that the firstborn of every person is going to die, every family member is going to die, and animals are going to die. Even if it was the slave girl's firstborn child is going to die, right? And they said that there's going to be a loud cry throughout the land of Egypt. But what's going to separate the Egyptians from the Israelites, right? Is that there's going to be no crying in the Israelites. So in Goshen, where the Israelites are staying, right, from Joseph's time all the way to Moses' time, they're living in Goshen, right? And Goshen is not feeling any of these threats from the Lord because the Lord is with them, right? And verse 9, this is the most important thing about this. The Lord, the Lord has said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you so that my one of my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Perform all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will not let the Israelites go out of his country. So this is so important to realize 9 and 10 is that here goes 
the Lord performing all these all these wonders, right? And you gotta remember the evil worship leaders at this time, the evil priests, the um the evil uh like um, guides and and wizards and all that, right? Because they were part of the of the Pharaoh community. They couldn't stand this. They were going to fail and saying, Egypt is going to die. You know, what What are you thinking? And Pharaoh just kept on holding his heart and said, it's never going to win, right? So, in verse, in, in chapter 11, Pharaoh's still heart is hardened by the Lord, right? And Moses knows this, right? So this is verse 12. This is where we get the Passover from, right? So, this is uh, what the Lord says about the Passover, is that they would take a lamb. Uh, verse 5, the animal will must be a year old male without defects, and you may take them from sheep or the goat. Take care until 14 days of the that month, when all the people in the community of the Israelites must slaughter them at twilight, then they will take some of the blood and put it on the side and the top of the doorframe of the house where they would eat the lamb. Then they would eat the lamb over over a fire, right? Roasted over a fire, and so. The reason why you take the lamb for 14 days, if you take a little sheep, it says a little sheep or goat, right? So you bring that inside and you take care of it. You you feed it. It's, a, it's around your family, right? And you start, in 14 days, I mean, you start forming a bond with this, with this lamb. And then, after the 14 days... You have to slaughter it at midnight and then use the blood on the top and on the sides of the door frame. And the reason why God is doing this is because everyone likes little little sheep or little goats. Everyone likes this, right? Because it eats the sheep or goats. So everyone likes them because they're cute, they're fluffy, they're... Uh, they're just little animals, right? That everyone adores. And then all of a sudden you slaughter it. Because it becomes part of your... It becomes part of you when you, you cut it and you see it bleeding. And they use the blood, right? To, to protect them. So that way, when the firstborn angel comes to, to, kill, to, to kill everything in Egypt, that it goes away. They, they seize out on the door frame and leaves. The reason why he calls this as a Passover is because just like Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for us, right? We don't have to do we don't have to do what the first Passover does because that was done on the cross through Jesus Christ dying of us. And through the love of these people having a little lamb and growing close to it, feeding it, and being around the family, laying it one around, 
that's just the same thing with that love what Jesus Christ did on the cross, right? He died for us and innocently shed his blood on the cross for our sins so that way we could go to heaven and understand what the Passover is, which means Jesus died, but in three days he rose again, conquering death. And when he went to heaven, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the beginning of what the Passover is realizing, is that the Passover today represents what the cross is. This is what we celebrate on Easter, right, with Jesus dying, just like the Lamb, Jesus dying here, because Jesus is the Lamb of God, right? So, Jesus dying for us, and we become the Lamb when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He becomes the shepherd. He becomes the shepherd. He becomes the leader. Just like when you, just like when you take, just like these people. Can you imagine taking a lamb for 14 days in your household where it's just nice to have a little baby lamb inside your house and then all of a sudden kill it and knowing that this lamb is probably sleeping next to you because it's, it's bonding a relationship with you just like Jesus wants a relationship with us, right? And when you accept Jesus Christ in your heart and he comes in and lives in you, you slowly start seeing things around you that are from his love, that are from his blessing. And that's having the Holy Spirit live inside of you. That's having the love of Jesus Christ inside 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 of you and, and being a born again Christian and understanding what a born-again believer means. So, this is the beginning of that sacrifice in the Old Testament. This is the beginning of the cross that Jesus did for us. This is what we love about so much. So, I pray that that helps you guys today realize what, what happened in the Passover. And then, what I like about this too is at the end here, which is verse 29. Uh, verse 29. It says, At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the Pharaoh, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who was on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Verse 30, Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. Imagine that, right? There was not a house in Egypt that had no one dead inside of it. So someone died in every house of the land in Egypt. And we know that Egypt kept very good records, right? So there's got to be, what I love about this, there's got to be evidence in Egypt about this. There's got to be records of, 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 of this, 
because we we know that they kept really good records as Egyptians. And knowing that a lot of willing throughout all the land of Egypt has to be written somewhere in the land of Egypt. And we there's, there's evidence of it. We just have to search more in the land of Egypt to find it. And I still think that's something beautiful that the Lord hides from us. That we haven't found, we haven't found this mass death of all this, the firstborn of Egypt. And it has to be there somewhere in Egypt. Because we, we know that they mummified these people. We know that we, they, they mummified all these. Or what did they do? Did they just do a mass burning and burn all the bodies? We have no clue. It doesn't give us evidence of what the Egyptians did. It just says that someone died in every household of the land of Egypt. And we do go, well, it takes 70 days for a mummy to mummify. So there's got to be some evidence that needs to still be discovered in Egypt about this. That's why I love about this so much, is that there's evidence of the Lord working in Egypt. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you see the evidence in your life of what he does for you. There's a love that no one could take away, and it's the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside you. It's not in a church or a building like a lot of people think. It's it's how you change your life, and it's how you live your life daily towards the Lord. So I pray that this helps you guys today realize that the Egyptians, verse 31, listen to this. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave the people, up, leave my people, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord and take you that you have requested. So this is something that the Egyptians finally had enough with the Lord tempting them. All through the all through all these plagues, right? And finally the Pharaoh says at midnight, I lost my I lost my firstborn child, you know, what you want. And that's when they were able to purge the land of Egypt, taking silver, gold, clothing, and purging all the land from Egypt and taking all this treasure with them to go worship the Lord. This is where we start learning not only do they do this, but the Israelites end up falling into their own sin temptation when they build a golden calf. And we do end up learning that further on reading in Exodus. So I pray that this helps you guys stay. Pray that you guys have a good day, blessed day. Thank you guys for watching, and God bless. Love you all.